us. Welcome. Did you get all your shopping done today? Yeah? Good, good. I look forward to getting those gifts after service. So uh, it's going to be great. Hey, we're glad you're here tonight, and we want you to just, uh, just enjoy your time being in the Lord's house and celebrating the birth of our Christ. And so uh, in just a moment, we're going to invite the praise team. They're, they're going to just crank us into it and roll. We invite you to participate in everything that they do tonight and everything they lead you through, and, and, or just sit back and enjoy it. So whatever you'd like to do. So uh, I'd like to invite our, our praise team come on up and, and get us started and uh, enjoy our, our Christmas Eve service. Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their town to register. So Joseph went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloth and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them.
And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth. Peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was laying in the manger.
gonna go home again when you leave your spirit and flood the world with joy you'll be here i'm holding you so near yes i'm staring into the face of my savior
Father, we thank you for tonight, and Lord, we know that uh, on a night like this, you sometimes want to speak to us in, in ways we didn't think about before we came in, and so, Lord, we just pray you would have open flow in that area. Bless us, we pray in your Son's name. Amen. Well, it's Christmas time, and you've got the traditions in your household, right? Uh, I mean, you're already starting to live them up till now. You, you woke up this morning, and you started to do a few things that you normally do. For some of you, it, it's called a shopping frenzy, right? You, you hit up the stores, and you battle the parking spot, and, and you, you kind of rummage through the shelves because they don't, they don't look organized anymore, but uh, maybe you found that one or two items this morning. And for some of you, it had to do with family, and you gathered together, and you did so, things a certain way. Just the way you'd always done them, you, you did them. Maybe, it's, maybe it was cookies with mom or, or whatever it might have been, but you start these traditions. I imagine for many of you, you'll go home tonight and you'll have the tradition for some of you of opening up that one gift, right? And the kids are bugging you to no end to open up that gift, right? I mean, they're gnawing on you right now as we're in service, right? Because it's part of your tradition and they look forward to it. And you might read a, a Christmas story. You might read through Luke chapter 2 with them later tonight and and you'll tuck them in bed and you might have a a bedtime that you always put them to bed at that exact time it's part of your tradition it's part of your custom as we look at these candles here did you know that this is part of our tradition it's part of our custom with these candles but just as in your traditions in your home you can look to them and you you can actually trace a reason why they came about you say well we open up one gift because back in the day and you share the story. Or we have this ornament on our tree because there was this time when, and you share the story. And, and you, the next day where you call grandma and grandpa if they're not close, and you get to have that conversation, and you talk about maybe Christmas has passed and you did certain things certain ways. And when we look at this candle, we think of the same thing. It inspires, it inspires what had happened. What happened years ago when, when God would come out of heaven and he would descend into the most vulnerable form that he could possibly come into on planet earth a little baby couldn't do anything for himself and so when we light these candles over the course of the month of december and now on christmas eve what we're saying is we remember what that meant 
And so we have these candles that we light week after week. If you're, if you're kind of in the church world and you see, we have this first candle that we light that is our candle of, of hope. And this candle of hope, what it tells us is that there is an incredible uh, hope, a trust, an assurance that comes from our Lord and Savior. And that when we look at Jesus, we say, man, that's just not baby. That's just not cute. That is hope. Do you need hope? I mean, think about your life right now and how you're living it. Are there times where you just look and say, man, I just need to know that in the end, it's going to be all right. It's going to work out. The Lord has his hand on it. We light this candle every year to remind us of hope. And did you know that us as, as believers, as Christians, maybe of people that have been around the church all your life, this candle is just as significant for us as anyone else. It reminds us of hope. And then this, this next candle that we light is the candle of faith. You see, when we have hope, it's a great thing. But when we add faith to it, we start to actually trust. We start to actually look at God and say, hey, maybe I can... Maybe I can look at what you're having to offer and I can say, there might be some truth in that. There might be something good to living a life the way the Bible might intend us to live. There might be something powerful about letting this Jesus character really into my life. And faith starts to take, take over. And we call it faith because we can't explain it all. I mean, who can explain a virgin birth? We can't explain it all, but there's this faith. And we light this candle every year to remind us that we've put our hope and our trust, and we call that faith. We go on and we light this third candle. It's actually a different color, a pinkish. It's the candle of love. And it reminds us of the love of God. And when we have this, this hope and this faith, we start to understand that really what it's all about is love. Not that kind of goo-goo, gaga love that we often think of um, when it come around Valentine's Day, but this love that a God in heaven would care for me so much that he'd descend in the form of a human being. He would live a human life. Uh, the Bible actually tells us emptying some of his divine power to live this human form and then actually go to a cross and die for me as well. And we remind, that's all about love. It's about love. God loving us so much. And that when, when I engage in what this candle has to represent... I realize I have the capacity to love as well and that I can love and care for other people. Even those people that might, you might have wanted to honk your horn at today in the parking lot at Walmart, you can have this love for them. And so we have this candle that's significant. And finally, though, we have this candle uh, of joy. And if you notice tonight, every song that we sang so far has the word joy in it on purpose. We wanted you to understand that that what this brings is a great joy. In fact, as I spend time with people, what I really think most of all, what people are after in life is something they call like peace and happiness. You know what that is? It's joy. That's joy. And we often, we, we want to start with this candle down here and we want to just start and have joy. We think if I just have a better attitude, if I have a better approach, if I say nice things, I'm going to have joy in my life day in and day out. But we forget the progression of the candles, that when we have this hope, it leads to faith. And when we have this faith and trust, it leads to understanding God's love and how I can love somebody else. And you know what? The byproduct, joy. That's the byproduct. 
And it's what so many of us in life are after, to live day in and day out and know, hey, I'm going to face hard things. I'm going to face junk in my life. But at the end, I know there's joy. There's a contentment because I know a God and a Savior who came to earth in human form. You know, at Christmas time, uh, maybe you're like me sometimes, I, I start to bemoan the, the, the idea that Christmas is, gets very materialistic. Do you ever talk like that? And you ever think in those terms, that, you know, or I say, man, just, this, this season, Christmas is so commercial. You know, it's just so uh, advertising-oriented, or, or it just seems so possession-oriented or material-oriented, and we start to kind of we kind of complain about these type of things, right? I mean, you gather with a group of friends and you talk about how this... Um, we never always put ourselves into it, but uh, we say it's out there, right? It's going on out there. And we use this phrase often. We call it the secularizing of Christmas. Have you heard this? The secularizing. Meaning we kind of take the Christ child out of it and then we just plow forward with whatever's left. And we call that Christmas. Or we've changed and we say things like happy holidays. And we, so we get together at times or we talk on the phone and we actually, we complain about this. We don't like this overall, right? That Christmas goes this direction. And we think about it every year for, for just a few weeks. And then by January, we're, we're pretty much cured of it and we can go on with our life, right? But there's one question to ask ourselves tonight. And there's really no way of getting around this. It's, what am I, what are you doing with Christmas? What's the story you're on at Christmas time? How do you play into this whole idea of the secularization of Christmas, putting Christ to the side and continuing on with what's ever left? That's the question you have the ability to answer for your own. What does it look like for you? As you trace your, your last weeks, you trace today, you trace tomorrow, what place has that played in your life, this progression of hope, faith, love, joy? I remember uh, when I was 18 years old, I was at a Christmas Eve service. It was much like this. Uh, it was three services, and uh, they were at different times, and we went to all three services. Now, I had only been a Christian for a very, very short, I mean, just a few months, I had become a Christian, and so I went to all three services, mainly because uh, usually, it was a fairly large church with a large youth group, usually there was a lot of teen girls at the service, so that was mainly the reason that I was at the service, and so I went to all three services, and we would sit in the back, and they would always finish off with this big, uh, this big Messiah song. You know what song I'm talking about? Where they actually broke the sections up in four different sections. Now, I had no musical ability, so um, it didn't matter what section, you know, they were putting me in. I, it wouldn't have mattered. Um, but at the time, I thought I could sing all the sections, and so we did that. We would, you know, we'd be in the back row, kind of cutting up as teenagers, you know, hoping the girls might notice us and see us. And uh, we would start singing this, uh, For unto us the child is born, you know how the line goes. And I would try to crank it up on the soprano part, you know, For unto us the child is You know, I'd really crank it up, and, and then it was the, you know, For unto us, you know. And I, in my mind, I sounded just like the section sounded. Um, and so we really belted it out to no end uh, that night. And I mean, really got, got into it, uh, half to impress the girls and, and half thinking we really, we really were pumping out some good tunes. Um, I, I, man, I wish I had known. I wish I had a little tape recorder and I could have listened to it because it would have cured it like in a second. I would have said, oh, okay, okay, okay. Um, when I was 18, I was at that service and we were probably singing the same way that we had been singing and doing the same thing. Um, but we sang that line, for unto us a child is born. And when I was 18 years old at that Christmas service, it hit me. It hit me. 
It just crushed me. The idea for unto us. You know what I thought when I heard that? For unto us that particular year, I, I heard for unto me a child was born. For unto me a son was given. And at that very moment, it became something not that I would sing about and not that I would celebrate with a mass group of Christians all over the world, though that's important. It became something for me that night. Now, I had been a Christian. I had settled the faith issue, you know, months before. But it crushed me that night. And I remember the feeling of knowing that Christ came to earth for me, that God had the love for me, that God wanted me to experience hope and faith and and love and joy, me. He was interested in that in my life. And I remember that just the potent, powerful, and I can tell you, I finished off that song uh, singing it, belting it like I had been before, but with a different feeling and a different heart as I was finishing off. 20 years, this is 20 Christmases later in my life, I've never been the same. Never been the same. Because I felt like really for the first time in my life, I had an encounter with Jesus Christ. An encounter that made me understand that life with him was going to be better than life without him. Immensely more. And you know what? It's been far better than what I even comprehended 20 years ago. So tonight it brings us to this candle, this this large white candle. It's the Christ candle. It's the candle that for me 20 years ago, though they weren't literally lighting one on stage, in my heart that light went off. And I said, you know what? This is what I've been looking for. This is what I want to experience. This is where I want to surrender my life and live from here on out. And, I, and this is what I, I need to have. And for 20 years, it's reigned true for me. That's what the candle represents for us. I don't know where you're at tonight. You may be on the same journey I was before where I was just kind of you know, you're just a young guy kind of out there doing my own thing, living life, you know, fairly selfish, not hurting anyone, but kind of in my own world. You may be much older than that, and, and you've experienced life's heartaches and struggles, and, and you've just battled against them all the time, and you're, and you're asking the question, when am I going to dig out of this? When will the day be different for me? Maybe it's in your family, and you look around, and you're just constantly like, man, why can't I get along with spouse? Why can't I get along with with son, daughter, why can't they get along with me? And there's just, there's just the whole dynamic around. There's just something missing. Can I just invite you to entertain the idea that the thing missing might be the Christ candle? It might be letting Christ be lit in your life. And so for the next few minutes, uh, I want to just let you focus on that as we light the candle. And there's a song that uh, we're going to play. And I want to just give you three and a half minutes to just reflect and be quiet before the Lord. And if there's something you need to just say tonight, Lord, come into my life. Be, be the Lord of my life. Go ahead and do it. And in an instant, in an instant, you're called one of his children. And so let's light the candle of Christ. are falling, hearts are breaking, how we need to hear from God. You've been promised, we've been waiting, welcome holy child, welcome holy child. we would have known 
souls be filled. Word now breaking, heaven silence. Welcome to our world. Welcome to. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. We're glad you came and joined us tonight. We're going to sing one more song in just a minute. I actually have some instructions for you before we actually get to that song. Those in just a second. But uh, tonight, we hope you go enjoy your family, enjoy your time, and enjoy, uh, even more importantly, enjoy an experience with with what God has to offer tonight in in your life and in your heart. And awake tomorrow, and at at very least, spend that moment opening up and in God's Word, and Luke chapter 2 is a great place to just read the story. You've, you've heard it here tonight, but to read it for your own, and just let God speak, or read it to your family, and let your family uh, interact and enjoy it tonight. Well, we, we're glad you're here. You'll notice on your seat, as you saw, uh, just a little information about our church, and you might be somebody that, if you're not plugged into a church, the start of this new year Maybe the most significant thing for you and your family is to get plugged into a body of believers. This is a great one here to plug into. There might be a great one down the road from your house to plug into, but we encourage you just plug in somewhere into a, into a church, into a body of believers that you can start growing and learning even more about Christ. This will tell you a little bit about, about our church, and, and you're happy or welcome to ask questions if you'd like. But plug in somewhere uh, in the new year and... and and be growing in your faith. We are, at this time, we're going to take our tithes and offerings because tomorrow morning we're inviting our church family to, to go be with your family and enjoy each other and we won't be back together. So if you are a, a, a member or a regular attender with us, we, we would invite you and encourage you at, at this time when the ushers come to go ahead and to give of your tithes and offering. If you're a visitor with us tonight, this is not for you. Don't, don't worry about this. Just let it slide right by and don't feel bad about it for one, for one second, all right? So, uh, now the instructions, all right? Would you stand with me?
As we finish out this song, one of the most significant parts of Christmas outside of what Christ has to bring is, is that we bring our family together. And sometimes Christmas is the time, uh, some, some families, the only time of the year where you kind of say, I love you, or hug, or, or share a little embrace. And so tonight we want to invite you to do that during this song. As, we, as the praise team starts singing, here's how we want to do it. In the first, uh, the first two verses, which will go kind of back to back, we want to invite you with your family to make sure you tell every member of your family that's here with you that you love them and to give them an embrace, a hug. Now, we, we know that not everybody's here with family, so just hang on a second, so don't get panicked. All right? But in the first verses, would you just, just give each other a hug and, and let them know you love them? And you can kind of sing you know, out the side of your mouth if you want and follow us along. We'll all sing that chorus together when it says joy, unspeakable joy. I want to invite you to sing that just to the hilt tonight. All right? And then we go into the, the, the second set of verses. Would, would you just look around your area and would you just look to, to somebody, whether you know them or not, uh, and uh, just give them a little, you know, uh, I love you, glad you're here. Um, you can be a little careful on the embracing part on that one, okay? All right, this is not your invitation to just randomly hug people all over the church, all right? So, uh, but we want, we want you to enjoy uh, a little moment with your church family too in that second verse. And then we'll come right back to joy, unspeakable joy. And would you just sing that to the hilt? Uh, and then we'll finish off, and then we bless you and go on, and children, open up that gift. So, be great. All right, let's sing.
Merry Christmas. Go and have a blessed time with your family tonight. You're welcome to, to stay and hang a little while until I'm ready to kick you out. But other than that, enjoy. Have a great night. Lord bless you.